Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode does not contain any spoilers outside of Half Stick of Shadows by Laura Sebastian. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, you know, living the life. I got my book outlet haul, so that's fun. Um, what else did I do? I cleaned my room and did my laundry. Wow, what, what a productive week. I, um, I went to Barnes and Noble yesterday. You know, oh, I, I said heard about I was that. going on a book buying van, but I lied to myself. The one by my house is two stories. So it's really nice. And I like to go there and they always have like really good sales, even if they don't have the 50% off, which let me tell you the 50% off wasn't as great in store as it is online. So if you were that's looking into that, yeah, that's what yeah. everyone's been saying. I looked online a little bit and I don't, I didn't want to pay shipping. So I was like, let me just swing by the store and see if they have it. And I got Chain of Iron, which shame on me as like a shadow hunter lover for not owning that in the first place. I didn't like pre-order it because Sandra Clara loves a good cliffhanger. So I'm kind of waiting to read these until all the, the like rest of the series is out. Even if it takes forever. My TBR is so long. I don't care. It's fair. But it was only 12 bucks for the hardcover and the cover is gorgeous. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go for this one. Um, but there wasn't a ton of other things like in store that were on sale. And I'm really sad. They replaced the adult fantasy section with um, manga, like a huge oh, manga did. section. So it's two floors, but like, there's literally one, I don't know if you can like gauge the size, but like, it's like two Barnes and Noble, like shelves worth on the backside of like adult fantasy total. It's wild. And it used to be like a big section. That's so frustrating. Yeah. Cause it's like one side, like the young adult is three full bookshelves, like both sides. And it's yeah. literally like one. So they like cut the whole thing down, but they do have an Akatar table, which I guess you can't fault them for that. But they have us like, they have a lot of small, like spicy reads and like Reese book club ones. But yeah, it was kind of a bummer. I went and I was like, wow, there are no adult fantasy books here. Absolutely none. So that was kind of, a, and everything was like disheveled. They were oh, doing rough. Yeah. We so. only have like maybe two or three total Barnes and Noble in, um, in, Nashville um we have more like books million yeah there's a lot of like indie bookstores Mm -hmm. which that's pretty cool but yeah I I like books million they have a really really good sales section yeah so I shop a lot at Barnes and Noble but I don't buy a lot at Barnes and Noble is what I should say I like to just like peruse my boyfriend buys a series that they legitimately only sell at Barnes and Noble and directly off the website and for whatever reason it's cheaper at Barnes and Noble so we go there to like get his next book in the series because for whatever reason it's a very small publisher and they sell to Barnes and Noble it's very random interesting it's so weird I'm like find it on Amazon and they don't even sell it that's crazy yeah Yeah. I I used to live next to a Barnes and Noble I used to live okay I used to live next to a Barnes and Noble and a half price books like dangerous territory for Kirsten and so I spent a lot of time at I spent a lot of time at Barnes and Noble, but I didn't buy a lot. If I did buy anything, it was like the buy one, get one 50% off or like I had a coupon or something random, but, um, very rarely. Yeah. Did I, yeah. I usually shopped at half price books because the half price books in St. Louis were 
there were three of them and they were all really good. So um, that's usually where I shopped for my books at yeah. like Amazon. Ours isn't a great one. So I don't really go there that often. And Barnes and Noble is, that's the closest like bookstore in my house. That's not Goodwill if we want to count Goodwill. So I was like, I need, a nice, I need a nice shopping trip. But yeah, I was like, I want to get this one and I wanted to see what else they had. Maybe they had more stuff online than they did online because it was mm-hmm. like, you really had to like sift through on the 50% off sale. It's kind of like chopping at book outlet. And I was like, I just wanted to see if they had like a section that was like, this is all 50% off. And they didn't, you had to like hunt for it in store. And I was like, this is kind of annoying, but it's whatever. They had like one table that was like, here's all the stuff that's 50% off, but not like a ton. And I'm just like, can you have some of the like books that I wanted on sale? That'd be great. (laughs) The struggle is really, yeah. I saw a lot of people that said it wasn't it wasn't as great. They were expecting a lot more books to be on sale. It was like not as many. So what are we talking about today? Yeah. What are we talking about today? What are we, what are we continuing on with? We're doing our retelling series. So today we are talking about Half Sick of Shadows by Laura Sebastian. And this is a King Arthur retelling Mm -hmm. with a different character as the main POV. Yeah. I love Laura Sebastian. I would just like to point that out really quickly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I used her as an obscure book recommendation once for her Ash Princess series, which is very YA. Um, and I, I did really, really like it. I've only read the first one thus far, but that was like my first read of the year. And it's, it's really well written. It's very typical, I would say, like, you know, trapped princess, et cetera, et cetera, inheritance, you know, prophecy, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I thought it was really well written and I really liked it. Enemies to lovers, friends to lovers, like a, a huge shebang. So it's really good. But I will say she, like Lee Bardugo, served some apps for that and this was like a five course meal it was such a good book it was so good I appreciate that it was like adult fantasy yeah I um this is my first Laura Sebastian book that I've read and so I was excited to read it because I know you had again recommended as an obscure book recommendation and you really liked her writing style and so I was excited to read it I both of us absolutely love any kind of King Arthur lore this was an exciting one to to get into it was also probably one of the this is probably one of the first like book of the month ones that was like straight up fantasy that they like had on there um at least that I had seen that was like not YA you know what I mean that was maybe like new adult which is nice so I really enjoyed it I loved her writing style I didn't feel like there was anything that was wasted like I feel like every chapter and every situation and every you know vision etc was meaningful to like the story and the lore and I I really enjoyed it I really really enjoyed it yeah I think the pacing in this book is a little bit slow like there's never a point where I felt like I couldn't put it down but it was really good and like I think as I was reading it it kept my attention the whole way through it was just the pace never changed at any point it wasn't like a big plot twist happened and I felt like I need to like flip through and kind of finish where I was at but I think that's it doesn't happen often with books I think where you get kind of a good pace from the beginning all the way throughout this book has three tenses which I thought was a really interesting take and she says that in the credits or the acknowledgments I think she talked about her research for like how she decided to come up with all of this and, and said that it was like three different tenses and I didn't realize it until I read that but it it is and it, it's written really well and I think it like engrosses you in the story yeah you don't I honestly didn't even realize that like yeah. I, I like, didn't read the acknowledgments but I did read the afterwards and and it, this is very reminiscent of pretty much all the retellings, especially like the ones like the, we, that we did 
last time, which was Ariadne. And it's like this kind of feminist retelling. And she talks about how in a lot of these fantasies or like lores or poems from Ben, it's women are the temptresses and they're seductress and they're evil and, or they're like perfect and quiet and meek and don't like challenge anyone. And they just like sit in their corner and let the men do the work kind of a situation. And so, and that was how Elaine, the lady of Shalott was, um, was described in the original poem. And um, she was considered the quote unquote, like perfect wife because she was quiet and meek and didn't cause trouble. And, um, and so I loved how she was like, no, that didn't feel right to me. Like I gave her a story where she wasn't, you know, where she should have been. And so I really like that. And I liked, if you read the afterwards, this is kind of like random about the book in general, but if you read the afterwards, she said she started this story like 10 years ago and it's crazy. I mean, I think it's all of our faults in general, but like, it's crazy to think how times have changed and like how we were such different people back then. And like what we saw is like acceptable. And, you know, she really hit this one out of the park with the feminist retelling and, you know, the powerful characters in general, all of them, I think even the male characters do a really good job, but it's, it's crazy to think about how even 10 years ago, things were so different. And she was like, Elaine wouldn't have been the character she was then that she is today. And it's just like, this was, this isn't a, like, I wouldn't say this is like a hoorah feminist book either. It's just a really like powerful story. And it's written very well from a perspective of a girl. And, you know, it starts out and she's like 10 and then it, it's up to her when they're 25. Um, and I think, yeah, it was awesome. It was a really good book. Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, so we, I mean, I guess we start with her kind of talking about drowning, right? That's how it starts is she has this vision of her, her death basically. And she's an Oracle and, you know, she's seeing all these things in the future and she's on Avalon with, uh, Morgana, Guinevere and Arthur and Lancelot, you know, they're, they're basically just like a group of friends, like a group of kids that grew up together and are basically like a found family situation. Everyone else is, you know, enjoying their life and they know that Arthur's going to be king. And that's like the, the end game end goal of everything. And, um, but Elaine is like burdened with this knowledge that Morgana's gonna like betray him and she's gonna have a part in that betrayal. And Guinevere and Lancelot are gonna betray him and it's like this whole thing and he's gonna end up dying and it's like this whole you know the the typical lore behind you know King Arthur and um and you go through this whole book you just you feel for her perspective and you're just like in her shoes because you know what's coming and you know what's going to happen and it's like I, I described this book a couple of times of like, of a train wreck <laughs> waiting, like you just like know what's going to happen, but you can't take your eyes away. And you're just like, so engrossed in the story and, and you know, it's going to happen and she knows it's going to happen. And it's just like every choice is just snowballs and you're just like, ah, like it just, it's heartbreaking and frustrating, but it's just, it's so good. Yeah. And I think that like, it's, it's crazy because I feel like there's so many different versions of King Arthur and there's so many different versions of like the lore and you're like trying to piece together in your head. You're like, okay, so who's Elaine? She's the lady in the tower. She's not like a huge part of Arthur in general. And so like, I think about for me about halfway through the book, I was like, I need to like look this up again and like remind, remind myself who she is. Cause I don't remember who she is really and her story. And it's like, okay, so she loved Lancelot in, in the lore, like in the original lore, she loved Lancelot and like killed herself because he didn't love her back. 
and she sort of lived a semi-oracle life like with the magic mirror etc cetera, etc cetera. so I was like who is this chicken like how is this all going to play together and then watching it you're like okay so now you kind of felt I at least for me I looked up about halfway before they had mentioned anything big and I was like okay so this is kind of how it's going to go and like where we're going to play but then you're like oh they introduced Nimue and you're like oh like the lady of the lake and I really liked that perspective of her being because I feel like my version of of Nimue is like from Cursed that just came out last year. You know what I mean? I think of her still as that, as like Merlin's daughter and like being really young. And, and I was like, wait, if we think back, Nimue is supposed to be old and she's supposed to be this like teacher to them essentially. And, and I, I liked her character and I liked that idea of like her being the teacher to all these kids and a found family. And then another twist, they're fairies. And that Avalon is like full of the fae. And I was like, I love that. I really like that. I like that, you know, we kind of get that Lancelot is like half fae. Gwen and Morgana have powers along with Elaine and Arthur is just a big dumb idiot. Just human. He's like a golden retriever. Yeah. Um, literally, <laughs> well, and it's not like Faye as we see them, like as we've seen them currently. You yeah. know what I mean? When this we is think like Faye, full of the air Faye. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they're like, have like horns and wings and they're like, purple and green and blue and all these different colors and they're just like very different and you know they don't have like they're like not like and magical yeah it's not like the whole mate thing like she talks about this a few times about how like they're immortal and they don't like human problems don't affect them and that's why it's such a big issue between them and the humans and so um they just basically every full moon they go out and party and they just like like, party and have fun and drink and just like live their lives you know because why not you know what I mean they're gonna live forever and so I love the setting of Avalon me too I really I really love that and you know and I I loved how she talked about Lancelot's struggle with being half human and half fae and how he never he had a foot in both worlds but he never truly fit in to either one and um how he's really struggled with you know being a stronger faster you know human but being like slow and not like mediocre to the fae you know and so and they kind of both groups of people kind of shunned him and so I can't like it was his basically like quest to be perfect was really the whole thing and his like quest for glory and yeah all of it I mean and it's just like and him and him and um Elaine's relationship was just so was so I don't even know it was so good was like, like I just cute I but depressing it. But I know like, <laughs> you're like, and then so you kind of get, they talk about their found family and throughout the whole thing, you're getting flashbacks of them living on Avalon and you're getting flashbacks of her life in Camelot. And then her seeing the future is essentially like the kind of three different perspectives. And they talk about the found family and all those things. And then she goes back to her life when she lived in Camelot and her mom is her in the lore. I would say she lives in a tower. She doesn't ever leave. She trusts Elaine to go out and like find the gossip and, you know, find all the information. And yeah, her mom is like, like real Cuckoo for couple compliments. yeah <laughs> got a lot of screws loose and I just it's crazy because it's I loved this perspective of her mom saying you need to eat less and be skinnier and fit in this and you know do what the court wants you to do and have all these feelings and you know find you a nice husband and all that kind of stuff and it's like 
I was like, is this how this is going to go? Like, is this how the story is going to continue on? And when we met her sister or she mentions Morgana's sister, more, more case, more guys. I don't know. I don't know. This is the one time I didn't like, I didn't not like the double names because it made sense. So it was like like Morgana and more guys. I, that's how I said it. More guys, more, more, I I don't know how to say her name. I don't don't know either, but it was Morgana's sister. Yeah. Morgana's (laughs) sister, Morgana with a GE at the end. Um, and I was like, so is she going to change the name of Morgana? That's what I thought originally. I was like, oh, is she like changing the name of Morgana? And it's just going to be like something a little bit different. And it's no, Morgana has a twin sister who doesn't have any magic, but it's just like a horrible person. And then she's actually, as it turns out, Morgana, and she lights a tapestry on fire and Elaine sees magic for the first time in her life. And this is sort of her pushing the boundary. And I think her and Morgana, they say it a lot, are like two halves of a coin, like two sides of a coin. And she's her kind of like rebellious inner self. Um, and I loved how she kind of planted the seed and said, like, this is magic, but you know, you could come to Avalon and use the magic that you have. Cause I think you are different. And, but she is always told like, never tell your secrets. And she tells Morgana all her secrets like day one. And I was like, oh, I love this. Where is this going to go? Yeah. And then it, I felt so bad for her. She always has these like flashbacks about her guilt for leaving her mom and her guilt for hating her mom. It was so sad. And it was just like, oh, because her mom like forces her to take this like potion thing I guess and it basically like blocks her visions and blocks her like ability her magic and Morgana's like just don't take it and see what happens so she like doesn't take it one night and then she like has a vision and it's of Morgana it's the one of them on the cliffside or whatnot and then you know she's kind of not panicked about it but she's like okay and then she she goes to like the next night she was going to do the same thing. And then her mom realizes she didn't take her little potion and she literally like shoves it down her throat. And then she has this Oracle moment and she basically says, you know, basically that Morgana and Guinevere are going to betray you. And ultimately it's going to lead to the demise of Arthur. And I was just like, Oh man. And then, you know, and then she just is like, all right, I'm out. Like literally the next day she just like, leaves her a note and she talks about how she knew she had this vision about Lancelot but she doesn't know what it was she could like kind of like see it on the edge of her mind like his eyes and everything like that and she didn't know who he was at the time but like when she met him she like knew it was Lancelot but like she's like it drives me crazy because I don't know if this memory or if this vision what this vision meant what this vision was how it what it meant to what it would have meant to this these events and it was just like oh my gosh and it was so good I mean just how she wrote it and you would think it would be weird with the different like tenses you know of like present past like future and what's a dream and like what's happening yeah she doesn't say that until you get to I feel like the very end you're like oh mm -hmm. so this was a dream yeah and so you would think it would be hard to read and weird and confusing but it would just it was so it was written so well and it just brought the story together so well and so seamlessly. And it was just so good. I just, I loved it. I would like to point out that Lancelot has green gold eyes. So there's that. Kind of <laughs> Here are the green eyes again. There they are. I'm just <laughs> saying, we should like make a tally because there are many. Um, yeah, I, I loved, I just, I really liked the setting of Avalon and all of them kind of discovering each other and discovering themselves. And they talk a lot about that, how, you know, when they first got there, none of them got along. And then eventually they all became this sort of found family. And she says she has magic 
Gwen has magic that is incurs in nature and Morgana says that she can manipulate objects. And she was like, I never really feel like I understood you guys, but you always like tried to make me feel included. And, you know, they're so there for each other. And then Nimue tells them it's time. Uther's dead. Uther Pendragon is dead. And it's time for Arthur to go like reclaim the kingdom. And you find out that he has like a bastard brother, which the lineage of this was a bit confusing for me. So I know Morgana's shared a mom with Arthur, but not a dad, correct? Okay, so she, so Morgana's sister ends up marrying this like bastard son, Mm -hmm. their stepchildren, which is so gross. (laughs) I love how like through the whole book, (laughs) Elaine just like, she's like, so are you going to go and like support your husband or is it your stepbrother? I get really confused with the lineage here. <laughs> it's like, like, damn, like, okay, get it, Elaine. Like, she was so just like, true. Gross. I, I, yeah, dead. And they get there and they're like, you, Morgana and like Gwen, you probably shouldn't use a ton of magic. It's like, it's outlawed here, even though Arthur's going to make his claim to the throne. And then they get there and they're crowning this other guy, more, more dead. There was a lot of M's in this. Yeah. <laughs> I take it back. What did you think about Merlin as like a character? So this is the first time we meet Merlin is at the ceremony. He's not what I expected him to be. Yeah. Because you mean you hear Merlin, obviously when you hear a lot of these lore, the men are the heroes. Like they're always going to be like Lancelot and Arthur and, and Merlin. And, you know, Merlin, you, you always hear Merlin being Arthur's biggest like fan supporter. and like yeah. biggest supporter. And he's always been there. Whereas now he's like, hmm, where was this kid? Like, yeah. It was just very, it was very weird. And there was this kind of battle of wills with Merlin and Nimue and who wanted what, and who was going to, and I honestly felt like this war wasn't between the human and the fae. I felt this war was between Merlin and Nimue. And they so were So what just, did you think Merlin was? She never says it, but in my thoughts was he was know. a druid, like the original no druid. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, that was what I thought that she was going to play, but she never says, she just says that he's like not a fairy. Yeah, he's not he fae, he's not human, he just has a lot of power, no one knows what he is. Yeah, um, I was, I don't know if I was annoyed or not that she didn't, like, ever mention what he actually was. I'd love a It felt very, like, um, Lord of the Rings wizards, because no one really yeah. knows what they are, you don't really know how to kill them, they kind of just, like, come back, but, like, they're very powerful, and, like, you know, like don't know what their mortal, power is. You don't really know what they are, they're wizards, that's what they're called, but, like, yeah, there's not much else known about them. Like um, as far as yeah, so yeah, I don't know how I felt about Merlin. I mean, he kind of annoyed me if I'm gonna be honest. Like yeah. you know, he's asking for it. Kind of pissed me off, and he was like, "I'll hold your power for you. I'll bind your power." And I'm like, "Don't yeah. do it. Sus. Don't do it, Elaine. Like don't Super do sus. it." And so I don't. I don't know. It was just like I. I didn't. I. I he was really sus. I didn't like him. And I honestly, I didn't like Nimue either. I didn't like either of them. Yeah. They were just like two. And that's what they talk about a lot is that the Fae are immortal and they live a long time and human problems or whatever don't affect them because, you know, they're only there for a hundred years. And right. so I feel like that is what was going on. Merlin and Nimue, live, they're basically immortal beings, basically, you know, they've lived a long time and they've fought these wars and they're you know and I feel like this war was between them and not actually the fae and and the humans and it was them manipulating again like pieces on a chessboard they talk about this too it's like manipulating the humans and the fae to you know see who who wins basically 
Yeah, I would have liked a little bit more, I think, background on the war and like how all of that came about and how they decided to like send Arthur over there. But this was a, a very interesting take on it because I think in all the like myths and legends, we all know that Arthur is like the loyal son to Uther Pendragon and he doesn't see him for his craze. And it's Merlin and, you know, Morgana who finally convince him that magic is okay and to like bring back the druids and things like that. So this was an interesting take because he grows up on Avalon, gets there and everybody's like, we thought you were dead, like legitimately who's this guy? Never heard of you, you know? And so he gets to go on a quest and go essentially to Guinevere's home and win them over. And this was yeah. wild. This was wild. This I part, this. I, I liked it too, but you know, you, you get this, I felt so, this part where they're like, you know, cause you, you always hear about Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and who are his knights and things like that. And so they're like, yeah, we get 50 knights. And I'm like, I don't remember there being 50 knights of the round table. Like I was like, who the hell are these guys? And then, you know, he's basically, it's like this choosing ceremony, you know, he's like choosing the best knights and he's like calling them forward. And every time they're like, it's an honor, but sorry, sorry, not sorry. Can't go. Like I decline. And it was like super awkward. And then I loved how he's like, all right, screw it. And he just like crumples the paper and like throws it away. And he's like, who wants to go? Cause uh, I don't know what else to do. And basically he's just like, you know, who, who will go on this quest with me basically. And nine men step forward and, you know, Gawain's in there and we love that. I love that he was included, yeah. um, but it was just like, Oh, it was just like, oh my God. I was like, oh, there they are. Oh, like, there it is. <laughs> and so, um, so that was kind of cool. I like how they did, how she did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I just and, like that Elaine's reaction to all of this was like, I would have lost it. And Arthur's like, yeah, it's fine. It's like Gucci, whatever. No big yeah, deal. And good. her monologue is like, I would be losing my mind. Like, I'm <laughs> so pissed. And I'm like, that's so true though. Like, I would be yeah. furious. Yeah. And that's how you know that Arthur's like the best and like, whatever, such a good guy. And I like that. to be king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like that that was his character because, you know, she's supposed to be his advisor and she's like, I would have killed him. Like, I would have yeah. killed every single one of them. Yep. She was like super mad. And so, you know, they go on this quest and basically, this quest is to so the first quest or the first he has three trials the first trial is like basically um there's this letter that from Uther that was sent along with Arthur when he went to Avalon and he brought it back with him and basically the blood is spelled so that if it turns blue so like if they were gonna like prick Arthur's finger put the blood on that little like dot if it turns blue that he is Uther's of Uther's bloodline and so it turns blue and Morgana's like, see, he's a son. And he's like, yeah, but like, maybe not. And so like, yeah, he's of his bloodline, but so is Mordred. So he doesn't necessarily have more of a claim than Mordred does. So um, he's like, so next quest. And so he's like, you have to go to Lioness, right? Is that, um, yeah. And um, Just basically, <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that how you say it? Anyways, and I was, so- I would like to say that the spelling of that made me think that they were going to be not what they were that yeah they were gonna be same. more like the cats than same. like yeah okay. same. and so um you know so he's basically challenged to go to lioness and and bring this kingdom into the fold whereas you know his his father and other lords and everyone else hasn't been a- has never been able to basically quote-unquote tame lioness so He's like, all right, he's got his knights, his nine knights, and they head off. Well, they're going to stop in Shalot, which is Elaine's family's land. 
basically like kingdom area or whatever i thought it was crazy that when they get back she's like i want to redecorate the tower and they're like where are you gonna get money and she's like my dad has money i'm just gonna spend his money he'll never know and then we'll just credit it it's fine and i was like does your dad like realize you're back the card it's fine yeah i was just like what she's like i don't mean to brag but just like put it in the bag and i was like okay (laughs) and then they get there and it's like oh yeah hey i haven't seen you in 10 years like how are you doing i'm good i'm great i'm super great i'm just gonna go though like it was nice to see you but i'm leaving bye yeah i'm out bye i did love her dad though yeah her dad and her brothers it was so just like it was so normal and that was good yeah and it felt very like natural and you know when they make fun of her for they're like oh you could snag a duke or whatever and like she's my like great wives and it was cute i really liked it it reminded me like fred and george weasley like that's how i felt like they were yep and I was like, oh, these guys are just like so wholesome. I love the brothers. I love the dad is so like kind and so good. And he's like, he's like, oh, you only have not here. Here's a hundred soldiers. Take them, like yeah. use them, like head on out store- See you later. Have fun storming the castle. Like that's yeah. literally, I felt very like, like it felt very princess bride. Like that's just how it felt to me. But um, yeah, I loved it. Um, and so you know, basically, it was really funny. He's like, thank you for bringing my daughter back. Da, 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 da. And Morgana's like, does he know you're, like, not saying? Like, yeah. She's like, is he no. aware? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and so, um, far. yeah, and so they, like, go along on their merry little way, basically, and they have their hundred soldiers, and they go into Linus, and this was intense. This whole scene was so intense. I think this was written so well and she's like as soon as we step through it's darker here and you know we've always been told it's full of wild beasts and they have to camp in the woods and I liked this interaction because this was like the really I think the first time you get an inkling of how close her and Lancelot are and their relationship and Lancelot's like he had proposed marriage when they were in Camelot but it didn't really say that they were like as I think he it felt to me like an obligation like he was like okay the five of us are here you know like let's get married but then you kind of was like I kind of want to and she says that she's like I kind of want to bang you still and like be with you so like let's get married and she's like "Mm, no 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 but you like didn't they really cared about each other you're like "Mm, okay no I I felt like they really did um but she does talk about how Lancelot was very like wishy-washy in his feelings and how he you know moved on from one girl to the next granted they had been together for and they talk about it for years yeah and Um, this is like when they finally talk about it like yeah happened and and they're the rebel and all that stuff and like dancing mm -hmm. together and hanging out and you know they did their first rebel together and she's like we were just very casual for a while and then eventually just became like the two of us exclusive but it was never said and yeah she's like I think I do like him and I think I do like want to marry you and yeah you know all that but she like because she's an oracle has seen a thousand different ways that he can hurt her and obviously there's the story of like how he betrays her for Guinevere and how Guinevere betrays Arthur and they I I was just like I was anticipating the worst when we were coming up here and she has a dream that night and all the different versions of like how Arthur could die and everything I was like oh my gosh this is so brutal like it was intense what did you think so they had mentioned that there were like men that were beasts and blah, blah, blah. Is that what, did you think they were werewolves? I felt, yeah, or, I, yeah, they say they, you know, beasts that stand up on two legs. I was yeah. like, werewolves. So like, that's, that was Did you think was it was like the court and the kingdom or was it just, no, I just thought it was like people. Like, I did not expect it to be like. The king? Yeah. And Gwen? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Was intense. Yeah. And they're like, this lady stole a loaf of bread. So we tore it to pieces. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. 
so when we got there there it's all kind of cagey and like you know they're like don't leave your room i'm locking you in for your own safety yada yada what were your thoughts on that did you feel this was also very sus yeah it was really sus and like when i i'm just gonna i don't like when i think when is annoying i everyone's like she's so strong and terrifying and i'm like she's just a bitch like she's just like she's not she's just and it makes me sad because it's like arthur is so like good and like good-hearted and like kind and like a golden he's retriever loved her his and, whole life and she just yeah. was like oh yeah i guess so mm, i guess i kind sure. of love him like it's fine and she's that way the whole time like it's not just like them being young and then they were like i don't know it was just i don't like gwen i just she annoys the hell out of me and I didn't so like her like I mean, I kind of get it, but I didn't like her like camaraderie or like her pull towards her country. It was like, you've literally spent your entire life on Avalon and like Arthur didn't feel that way about Camelot. Neither did Elaine. And she grew up in Camelot, like spent way more time in her life there than you did in Lightness. And Gwen was like, it's just the pull of the moon. I like need to be there. And I was like, but you literally just spent the last- I roll for Jesus. I like- And like made it a big problem. And like, we're just so mopey about everything she was annoying she's like my soul is there and I'm like oh my god why did you come like what why like it was just like so annoying and so anyway she like locks them in and then she comes back and they hear like all these like screams of like people and like terrible things and and Elaine's trying to like do her little loom and like see the future basically and she can't and so she um (laughs) she basically um is sitting there and Morgana puts like up a shield so they can't hear all the screams and which is just horrible. And so finally they like stop and Gwen comes back and she's like, guess I'm a werewolf. And I like eat people who do bad things. They're like criminals though. So like, it's fine. And so you're like, what the hell? And like before this, basically Arthur met with the King and was like, he's like, I have a proposition and, you know, for you to join us and da, 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 da. And we'll talk, we'll talk later. Like we'll talk tomorrow, basically. Kind of like, it was like almost like a challenge of like surviving the night type of situation. And I was like, Ooh. And so, you know, basically it's the next morning and Lancelot and, and Arthur like didn't sleep obviously. And, um, then like Gwen explains everything and it's just like, so this was just like, oh, it was so intense. I thought that this was, I, I don't know if I felt like this. I knew this was going to be the fall of the team, but it felt like it when we got into the castle and Gwen was like, just as weird as she was in all of her visions. And her father was such a weird figure to me. He was like very old. He reminded me of the King of Rohan. Like that's how I saw him when he was like under the spell and he was like, all you old. have no power here. That's how I felt. <laughs> Is that how you saw him? That's how I saw him <laughs> in my head. I was like, this guy's crusty. And his daughter's like 25. And she's like, I love you, daddy. And I was like, stop it. Um, it, it was so strange. I was like, I'm confused. And Arthur's like, I'll never give up the children. And I'm like, then what are we doing here? Like, what are, how is this going to go? How is this like, going to play out? And it wasn't like, it was like prey. They wanted prey. So they wanted like yeah. people to hunt. And I'm and like, he was like, eat. And I thought this line was really funny. I actually laughed out loud when he was like, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm not going to give you men. And then the king is like, 
we're actually not that particular. Like we'll eat women and children too. Like it's totally fine. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny. And of course, like, we're not picky. Like, yeah. Like we don't care. Not the super not particular, like whatever you want to give us. <laughs> but I just was like laughing so hard because Elaine's like, Arthur, whatever we do, when we go here. Like don't challenge anybody to a duel. And Arthur's like, oh, I would never, I would never. Hey, what does he do? Duel? Let's duel it out. And I was like, what? And I, I had this thinking feeling, but I did the thing where I like read ahead and knew that he was gonna like, you know, when you know, like something bad's happening. So instead of just reading an order, you like look to the end. And I saw that and I was like, oh, no. So he has to like battle Guinevere. Yep. To, to the, the death. death. And I was like, oh, so dramatic. Did I didn't expect what was happening with Morgana um, to happen. I didn't know that that was how I that was going to go. Yeah, I, I was definitely on her side. I think Arthur was being super dramatic. All of them, yeah. especially Elaine. I'm like, okay, you know what? I was very mad with Elaine in this moment. Were because, you? yeah, I was. Because it's like, I was so mad for Morgana because she, yeah. Elaine was the one who like brought this up, came up with the plan, gave her her power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then- Morgana does what needs to be done and everyone gets so fucking pissy about it and I'm like and then she's like I I didn't know if I like didn't like Elaine I think she was I feel like she was put in just kind of like a a sticky situation because I feel like but I I think she's a little bit of weakling because she never stood up and said it out loud she never was like she was like it was kind of my idea and I was like what was that what was that well, you know, yeah, and she and never like took like, credit for it being like I told her to do this. She's like, well, I told her, but she told me that she was willing to like reap the consequences, so it's fine. Like it wasn't my fault. And I was like, no, but in your head, this is like turmoil, and like this is what turns the tide, and you know it's gonna happen. And instead of yeah. being like, hey, this was my idea, this was my fault, she was like, it was my fault, but she definitely said she was like fine with it, so it's gonna be okay, and like we can just blame. Her. Well, and it was so annoying because she was just like so gaslighty about it too. She's like, you said you would accept the consequences, so these are the consequences. And I was like, screw you, Elaine. Like I would have to say, Morgana was probably my favorite character, absolutely. Like hands down. Um, I felt so bad for her in these moments though, when they were just like tearing her apart, and it's like it's hard because you know what's gonna I mean you know in the lore like what's gonna happen like she's gonna portray Arthur and all those sorts of things and it's like I just couldn't believe that Elaine was like well this is what happened and I understand because she was playing a political game how we got to the conclusion that we got to where she was like I want to do this and and like I don't I'm not going to take credit for it because like I need to play all the sides but I was so annoyed with that I was like why are you such a bad friend to her and like Arthur was like that was just you should never have done that it's like should she have never done that should she should she should have never she should just let you die. And he's like, well, you would let everybody die for just me. And she's like, yes, that is in t- my entire life philosophy because that's what Nimue told me to do. Yeah. And since I was eight. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it was crazy. I was so annoyed in this when they were all like, oh yeah. And so Elaine suggests that they like take her powers away and that's how she's not going to be able to betray Arthur, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know. In the know. end, that's the tipping point. Yeah. That's, Th- this that's, was the tipping point. That's the, that it was the, the, and she has that dream. She has the, the vision where she, you know, in the beginning, she has this vision where, you know, she talks to Nimoy about it. Basically, she's like creating this potion or whatever to like, to, to kill Arthur, basically. And she's like, there's this moment where Elaine is like, just, he's your brother. Like, he loves you. Like, like we can fix this da 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 and she has Morgana pauses and has this moment and that's usually where her dream or her vision ends and then always like yeah she hasn't made her decision yet like there's the choices that 
have been made up to this point haven't determined like what was going to happen and then she like this happens they like you know the whole moon thing they bind her magic and basically she has the vision and she says uh no screw you like he's he's you know and and she says it's like my she says in the new vision like you took my magic and now you have to do this for me and all that kind of yeah. stuff and so that's how it changes but you know that it's still I I want I kind of wished that we got like what happened that originally had like mm-hmm. him off because before it wasn't her, her magic wasn't bound in like the original dreams yeah so I kind of wish we got a little bit more of that like what had happened yeah um that like was the tipping point but this was it and it was a clever idea but I knew it was going to go wrong as it was happening. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Did you? Oh yeah. Feel oh too? yeah. I was like, this is, this is going to be really bad because I mean, Morgana talks about her magic being her, like she is her magic and her magic is her. Like, right. and she loves it. It was just like, so sad. And I was like, this is going to ruin Morgana. Like this is going to be the moment that ruins Morgana and her relationship with everybody. And, you know, and then she, um, and it, it was very, you know, when, Lancelot kind of proposes and he's having these conversations with Elaine back in Camelot and everything like that. And she's like, I can't, oh, it was when Gawain steps forward. And she's like, you know, we can trust him. He's good. Like he's, I've seen him, like he's good. Like he's like, he's going to be good for this group and he, he belongs. And Lancelot is, you know, being Lancelot. And he's like, I don't, we don't know him. How, how do you trust him? Like, you trust him over me and like all these things. And she kind of lets it slip. She's like, he's like, you can't trust me. And she's like, I don't know. And it's this moment where he's like realizing that she's seen, you know, him not being trustworthy or whatever. And like all these things are him betraying the people he loves. And, and it was just like, it was so sad. And he's like, he's like, you protect Arthur. Like he's the victim and everything. And like, I understand we were, you know, here to protect Arthur at all costs, but does he betray us as well? Is he, you, you act like he's the victim, but at the end of the day, he doesn't betray us. And she's quiet because she knows that he does like Arthur. Isn't the golden boy that everyone seems to, you know, suspect. And, you know, you have all these, I, I don't know. It was just like, Oh, like, you know, cause you always hear of Arthur being like the perfect you know, he didn't do anything wrong. And it was all like one of yours fault, all Lancelot is everyone else's fault, but Arthur's. And I love how he like turns it on her. And he's like, he betrayed us too. Like he, we can't be well, the like, only ones that are at fault here. He also says like, he's a grown adult and he like makes his own decisions too. Like we can only do so much to protect him. And I liked that concept too, that like, I think in this Arthur is a very background character. And I loved the prospect of like, or I guess the aspect, I loved the aspect of like Elaine and him being best friends and they never have any like romantic inclinations to each other, but they are like really good friends. And he's like, I can always trust you. And I really liked their relationship, but I liked that this wasn't a lot about Arthur and Guinevere. And it wasn't a lot about Lancelot and Guinevere. It was about Morgana and it was about Lancelot separately, which are big characters that I think make a big difference in this lore, but do not get the like spotlight and the time. And I just, I loved Lancelot's character And I loved all of her visions where she's like, you know, I'm in a dream and I'm walking with Arthur and we're at a party in Camelot and he has a little too much to drink. We walk back to his room and then we find Guinevere and Lancelot. And sometimes it's just Arthur. Sometimes it's just me. Sometimes it's a a rumor, but like it always happens. And, you know, and then she kind of rationalizes with herself and is like, maybe it's that 
Gwen never gets to fight with a sword again. Maybe it's that she never gets to ride a horse again. Maybe it's that she wants to feel like wild again. It's and caged. Maybe, yeah. yeah, it's caged. And Lancelot feels the same way and they find each other. And there's never an inkling of romance between the two of them at any point. And mm-hmm. I think if you watch a lot of the, I think it's because we know that that's how the lore goes. But I think if you watch like even the, I love the BBC show Merlin. But even in that, you can see that they're really good friends, like Gwen and Lance. And I don't feel like we felt that they were that close in this one. And so if you didn't know King Arthur lore, which you live under a rock if you don't, but if you didn't know King Arthur lore, it was, it was shocking. The way she wrote it was shocking in how this, yeah. these characters were put well, together. I mean, he even says, and he's like, I don't love her. He's like, I know what the poems say. I know what everyone says, but I don't love her. I love you. And it makes me sad. Like in one of her visions, it makes me sad that I'll never be with you. And I was just like, ah, like that whole scene, like we'll get, we'll talk about it. But like, you know, he talks about him actually loving Elaine and not loving Guinevere and how, and I loved how Elaine manipulates everything into a good light for Arthur. And it's the lore. It's the lore that you hear about Arthur, you know, him saving Guinevere and her being the, the like, beautiful princess and not a monster and you know like all like these breaking like her curse and yeah. she's a damsel in distress and so this was really wild for me when they're going to leave and they talk all these things and you know she mentions as they're journeying back to Camelot that like when here's uncomfortable riding and then you find out because that's she's riding side saddle this might be the last time she ever throws a sword so like she's fighting um but like when she's riding side saddle and she feels like really uncomfortable and like she, you know she she feels from all of them that things are changing. She knows that things are changing. She knows that they are going to have to be a different version of themselves. And it's like, listen, we just have to get through it. We just have to get through it for a couple years and it's fine. And I loved Elaine at this point, but I hated her too, because she is such a good advisor. But then you're like, you never understand. Like you lived your life cage. You're still living your life cage because you're an Oracle and that's who you are and, and the person that you are. But like, I don't, I felt so bad for like Morgana and Guinevere in this point because she doesn't know what it's like to feel I don't know, kind of out of your element, truly, because she always had Morgana. She always had her, even when she came to Avalon, didn't know anything. She always had her. So she never felt like they did where they were kind of like a fish out of water. And it was like, that was really hard to read, but I loved it because it was her, it was Laura truly showing the like changes in this lore and this tale and showing how women had to live back then and how it's so different now. And we think it's so normal and we love their characters before and then realizing they have to fit in this little box and these like constraints yeah. that they're going to have to change who they are. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know, them having to change and I, like I said, I loved how Elaine changes the dialogue, you know, you hear, and, and there's a lot of things that change, you know, it's like the rumor and everything like that and Morgana's power and her being evil and all these things. And it's like, bitch, Morgana's not evil. She's just had to live her entire life in the shadow of Arthur. You know what I mean? And, her life for Arthur basically. And so, um, you know, you, they basically they're headed back to Shalott and they get they're they're there. And Elaine decides that she's going to marry Lancelot basically. And so she's like, you know what? I'm basically, she says either way, my heart is going to break, whether I am with him or not. Like if I'm with him, eventually he's going to break my heart but like if I'm not like my heart is still broken so uh, screw it like basically she's like I might as well have some happiness and so she you know tells him she's gonna marry him and then they decide to you know basically 
her father decides to have a tournament for her hand. So the winner of the tournament marries Elaine and gets some land. So she's like, cool, set for tomorrow, we're good. And then they go and bind Morgana and Gwen's power because they originally were going to bind Morgana's power, but Gwen also has power and it was like only fair kind of a situation. And so basically they give all their power to Elaine. And so Elaine has all this power and Morgana's like, I, I'm like a husk of a human. She relates it to, you know, she's like, you remember when we did the festivals and we had the gourds and we had to clean out all the seeds and everything. And then we put the candles. She's like, it doesn't feel like that. She's like, it feels like weeks later when the gourds are like rotting and everything inside is just dead and rotting. And that's how I feel. And I was like, oh my God, like it was so sad. And she just like leaves. And then Gwen's like, I'm just not as dramatic as her. I'm like, fuck you, Gwen. Screw you. Like, she's so annoying. Like I'm sorry, Gwen annoys the shit out of me. But um, Gwen's like, I'm just not as dramatic as her. It's just like, not that bad. I'm just like, I hate you so much. And so, but you know, they did, you know, it's the day of the tournament, everything like this. Well, Lance ends up getting hurt. How did you feel about this whole situation? I feel like, again, this was, was another this tipping tale? point. Like, was that what's <laughs> happening right now? I was just like, ew, stop. I kind of got it because she was letting Gwen do this thing one last time. She was letting Gwen be a savage and, and be a man and, and fight with a sword and all that kind of stuff. But it was really strange to me. So, you know, he gets injured by some random dude who we don't even know. And they're like, he's healed, but internal bleeding. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry, is this a nice tale? Like that? I just, it 100% felt like that to me. And I just, this was the perfect tipping point for Elaine to be like, it was beautifully written in how she goes from being a reliable narrator to our sort of morally gray character that we all want to see. And she's like, I'll just use the magic just this one time. And you're like, it's never just this one time. And she's like, maybe I can't let it go because I am jealous. And maybe I do want this power. I do want it. Yeah. And you kind of see that. And so she glamors Gwen to look like Lancelot and Lance then fights in the last uh, battle and Gwen wins. And Lancelot gets to marry Elaine and Morgana figures out that she did that, that she glamored. That she used her magic. Yep. And that she- And I, this scene- The rage. Oh my God. I was so mad. I was so mad for Morgana. Again, I love Morgana. I feel like throughout this entire story, she was- I feel like she was in the right. Like I didn't yeah, feel one moment for her. throughout this entire book that she was in the wrong. I didn't feel that at all. And so she, she figures it out, you know, and she realizes that, that Elaine used her power to, you know, she's like, we can't use magic. Da, 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 da. And it's this whole thing. But then, you know, and so she's like upset about it, obviously. And she's like, did you try, she's like, did you try to give it back? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, did you ever think maybe you couldn't give it back because you don't want to give it up? And it was just like, oh, like Morgana sees right through her. And she's like, and then basically, basically Elaine tells her like, you're going to like, in so many words says that you're going to turn on Arthur. You're going to, you're going to be the fall of him and you're going to be evil and all these things. And I have to take your power and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And you're you're either going to help him or you're either going to help him or you're going to be the demise of him and she's like so my entire life is arthur this is basically what she says she's like so my entire life 
She's like, I've lived in his shadow my entire life. That's fine. I'm here. I will protect him. I love him more than anything in this world. He's my brother. Like I love him so much and I would do anything to fight for him and protect him, but I will not give up my life. She goes, this is my line. What's yours, Elaine? And I was like, mic drop, like get her Morgana. I was like, and I she love really, this. That was so like, it, it was just such an eye opener, I think for all the things that Elaine tried to justify. And she's like, yeah, I've been told this a lot. I've, t- I've been told a lot of things and like, this is supposed to be my life and all those and you know, all that stuff. And then she's like, but I found my line. Where's yours? You know, it was just, it's great. And, and Elaine's like, wait, I don't, maybe I don't, maybe I don't have a line. Like is, there's a line. Is there a line? Did I cross it? You know? And, and she asks, or she kind of asks or says to Lancelot the same thing. And he's like, I also know my line. Do you not know yours? Is that like a like, who are you that you he's don't like, know I have no are. line. He yeah. says, I have no line. Basically, his line is no line. He's like, I would do anything. Do anything for Arthur. But, like, he knows that. And Elaine doesn't. She doesn't know yeah. that she would do anything for Arthur. And, like, she's trying so hard to stay the course and, mm-hmm. and change the future and make things better for her friends. And I love the element of her being friends with all these people and trying to change their lives. And, you know, it's yeah. so heartbreaking to have these thoughts. And, you know, I, I don't know. It really broke my heart after the day the night after they got married and that this is sort of where we end the book I wish there was a little bit more but you know they get married and she's laying with Lancelot and she has a dream of after their heartbreak and all the things that happen and seeing him and she's like I'm different but he is too and I love him and I try to save him and he doesn't want to be saved because his line is he'd do anything for Arthur he's going to be with Mm -hmm. him until the end and I like that better because her first few visions like Arthur dies alone and Gwen like carries him off to Avalon and puts him in a boat. And in this, you knew that like Lancelot was going to be with him to the very end. Yeah. So I did like that a little bit more, but I was kind of confused at the ending and like how she came to well, the realization. It was just like, it was so sad. This line was, this part was so sad because you're like, she talks about having this like weird power in her visions, but she doesn't know what it is. She's never felt it before. She doesn't understand it, but she feels weird. She feels cold. She feels strange. And then she has this like vision with Lancelot and they're like in the tent together before like the war or whatever, the, the, the final battle basically where Arthur and Lancelot like get taken down. And she says, come back with me, come back with me to Avalon and live and be with me and I'll forgive everything. And we can move forward and he's like but we can't like it's just irreparable and he's like you know everything that happened between me and Guinevere it wasn't even he's like it wasn't anything to do with love it was nothing to do with you it was nothing to do with Arthur it was nothing to do with love it was just you know we were wild basically he just says we're wild creatures and we were caged and we didn't we had nowhere else to turn basically and so um He's like, you know, he's like, I'm not scared of dying. I'm not scared of, you know, what comes after. He's like, it's an adventure. I'm, I've always been down for another adventure. He's like, the only regret that I have is that I won't be going. He's like, it's the first adventure I'll be going on by myself alone. I won't have you there. You won't be there with me. And it was like, I was very confused. I'm like, doesn't she die? Like, I was very confused at like, why would Elaine not be there? You know what I mean? Like, that was my, like, thing is, like, why would Elaine not be with him? Like, doesn't, doesn't she die also? Like, I was very confused. And so this was kind of one of those things where he's, like, you know, I, I wish that we could 
basically be together in the great beyond, but like, we're not, that's not going to happen. And that's like my biggest regret and was like hurting you and all these things. And I will always love you. And I was just like, <laughs> like, it was just like so heartbreaking. And so, you know, like, and then she, w- yeah, she like wakes up and she's like there with him. And then she's like, I'm just going to savor this moment, you know? And she like goes back to sleep or whatever. So, you know, they go back to Camelot because Arthur has one last like trial to do before, um, before he's like crowned King. And so, you he's like this one's the hardest one most most impossible he's like but it's very simple it should not take very long and he's like come follow me and then you get you know you walk in and you don't hear too much about Excalibur like it's kind of brought up in the in a in one vision and then that's it and then you know but who is King Arthur without Excalibur kind of a situation and so you walk in and there's there's Excalibur in the stone the sword in the stone and you're like and Elaine's like it's Excalibur like and uh and Merlin kind of looks at her and he's like yeah yeah how kind of like almost like how do you know that but yeah you would know that kind of a situation so um this this part was different how did you feel about it I didn't like it if we're being honest I I was like I guess I was confused I think maybe it's just it's so iconic to like King Arthur as a human that he pulls the sword from the stone and he's, you know, like a pure person and everything. And of course we go Elaine again, like scheming. And, you know, Lance says this early, earlier and says like, you know, Morgana is basically a tornado and you're a knife. She can come in and I think she envies you because you get out of most situations unscathed, even though you do the same amount of damage that she does. Um, and she's scheming and she's like, you have to use our power. You have to do exactly what Morgana did. You use our power and you like pull the sword out of the stone. So I didn't love the idea of that and it being like, it wasn't Arthur, but I get the concept of we're doing this together and this is like a group effort and we all, we all work to get you here. So we're all going to work to get you on the throne and all that kind of stuff. But I just thought it was, it was a little theatrical for me and it just didn't make like a ton of sense, but I liked that we did get Excalibur in here. It just was a bit annoying that that was the, like how they did it. You know what I mean? What did you think? I liked the concept of all of them coming together to do it. Um, but, you know, the I thought it was strange that Merlin was like, okay, you have 12 hours to pull the sword from the stone. And I'm like, yeah. you know, usually when you, like, if you watch, like, the movies or the lore or the whatever, it's like, he, like, is some unknowing kid and he just, like, walk, walks up and pulls the sword out of the stone and he's king, you know? And so it was very... I liked the concept that it was like, again, like you said, they all got him there. They all helped to bring the sword out of the stone. And that was like the quote unquote riddle. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting, but yeah. So basically he's crowned King and then, um, there's like dancing and all the finery and all the things. And then she's like, goes to bed with Lancelot and she so then you know she has that last vision and her mom finally says the entire prophecy essentially right and she kind of understands like what she needs to do and at this point I was very confused and was not actually sure what she needs to do (laughs) but she wakes up and she was like Lancelot I love you and like always remember me cryptic 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 gonna go get a glass of water brb and just like trottles on out to the water and I thought Camelot was landlocked but silly me um and just well she rides to where 
the the water is between there and now oh that's right she means gwen who am i yeah Jesus. her and gwen are like in the stable right. and she's like she, you like, need to go back to lioness and i was like <sighs> yeah so she like walks out into the stables and like finds gwen there and then is like you need to go back i didn't i thought this was crazy she's like you guys can do long distance it's only like a four-day ride and i was like what version of this is is like gonna end well and how is Lance going to cheat on you? But I guess he wouldn't because the vision changed and he was willing to stay and all those things. So I'm assuming that's how the vision changed was that she encouraged Gwen to go back and he yeah. never betrayed Arthur, like Lancelot never betrayed Arthur. But he did. Like in the vision he did. He says, he talks about how like, how things between him and Gwen weren't like love. It was Real? just like, yeah. it was just like a, like a flame kind of, basically like they're, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but they don't really talk about how Gwen and Lance end up together, end up together at all, but they do. I mean, it's talked about when they bring Arthur, you know, she, cause Morgana like sends a jab at Gwen. She's like, she's like, oh yeah. Did you feel bad when Lance died next to you on the battlefield? Like straight up was just like you cheating whore. Like, yeah. Just like, oops. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, so basically she just like, walks into the water yep and dies and she's like elaine lady of shalat dies drowning and she meant to drown like or something like that and i was like okay and then she sees nimway like whole situation i i didn't realize that that was what she was gonna do and like that i knew she was gonna drown how okay back up a little bit how did you feel about um, her talking with Nimue in the mirror and basically Nimue saying, yeah, there's nothing you could do? I thought Sorry. that was wild. And then at the end, she's like, I forgot to ask what happens to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did too. <laughs> and it was just crazy. It was like, what a weird, I don't know. I, I didn't love, I agree with you. Like, I didn't love Nimue's character, but this, it felt, it made the book feel like for, fruitless I think at some yeah. point you're like I, I loved the idea of reading this story but you felt so deflated and like defeated because you're like Elaine was able to change these things and like manipulate this and do all these things to, like try and what she called helping her friends and at the end Nimue was like yeah this is what was foretold and like there's nothing you can do regardless of like what you think you can do and I just she's like if I would have told you that you would have like, just been like yeah she's like if I would have told you this she would have just been like given up hope and like not even tried so like I had to give you some hope so you would at least have tried. And I was like, wow. Like, I just. Yeah. Just like raising them literally like goats to slaughter. And you're like. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Her. I just felt bad because you you know that she, Elaine like feels these maternal feelings for Nimue. Mm-hmm. And, and it has like so much respect for her and wanted respect from Nimue for so much of the book. And, and wanted her to feel that like she had accomplished something and she had done exactly what she was told to as like her protege. But Morgana was promised to be the Lady of the Lake, which I haven't heard that concept before. Had you? Well, it was rumored. There was no, like, yeah. promise. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, just, like, had assumed that yeah. she was going to be the Lady of the Lake. But, and she says, she's like, Nimue's never said whether she is or not, but it's been kind of, like, she's been, quote, unquote, like, groomed yeah. to be that. But it was just, like, I don't know. It was, I felt so bad for her in this moment and her being, like, and then she finally was like, you know what? No, I found my line. And then she just like, I gotta go. She's like, I love you, Leah. Bye. Like, see ya. You're gonna hate me, but it's fine. And then she just like 
rides with Gwen to the to the lake, and then she drowns herself, and then she's there with Nimue. And she's like, um let's like have a chat. And Nimue's <laughs> yeah. like, I sorry I didn't tell you everything, but I'm gonna leave and like float her off into the mist. And you were like, yeah. sorry, what? I didn't know what was happening as it was happening, but Nimue is basically like, I'm dying. Good luck. See you later. Ta-ta for now. Yeah. You're now the new lady of the lake. So disappears. uh, Yeah. I was like, this was good. I think that was like poetic justice. Yeah. She ended up as this person that's going to be stuck teaching and training and showing other people that they can't change things. And I I liked that concept, but yeah, it, I kind of was bummed that this is basically where it ended. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah and so she's like nothing's gonna change they're all still like Arthur's still gonna die and he won't you know he's still you know he wouldn't have if he had you kind of a thing and she's like um she's like but I mean he still has you so you're still the lady of the lake so it's fine so and I like, thought the part was really weird when they were like well you've seen all these visions like have you ever seen Arthur actually dead and I was yeah like, oh. and I was like so does he not die and then she's like no he's dead he dies he dies he would have he wouldn't have died like he he like they're very like cryptic about what happens to him though yeah you know what I mean? So like, you know, basically she becomes Lady of the Lake and then it's like, you know, Arthur falls. Um, Gwen brings him, not Gwen. Gwen was the one that was supposed to bring him in her visions, but it's like actually Gwen who brings him and um, he's like dying and Elaine's like, well, you can't stop death. Like it's inevitable. And she's like, yeah, I know. But she's like, and then I like touched his forehead and all I saw was destruction and death. And so She's like, so, but you can like pause it. You can like press the pause button. And I was like, what? And then she's like, and then they're very cryptic about it. Like Morgana's like, we can't do that. And Gwen's like, we can't do that. She's like, but we can. And it's like this weird, like cryptic weirdness. And then Morgana's like grumpy with Gwen, obviously, because she yeah. trained Arthur. And, and then they're like, okay. And then they like float on over to Avalon. And that's it. And you're like, okay. Yeah, I was like, I, um, what's happening here? Okay, I was confused at the ending. That was the one thing that I was like, Same. I didn't like. That was the one thing that I didn't like. I mean, I liked her becoming the Lady of the Lake. I was really sad that she. And it was like Nimoy was like, Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen now. You were like not supposed to be here already. Like you were like supposed to wait until you were just like completely destroyed and given up on life. Mm-hmm. But like you still have some hope. So. I don't know maybe things will change I don't know I I just IDK yeah it just felt really strange to me like that that was basically the ending and you were like what what's like what what's happening though like what happens next and where do we go from here and I would have liked to have gotten to these parts because I know we got the visions of them but I would like to have known what actually happened and I felt like that was the thing that was missing for me it was like the epi- an epilogue of some form that was like 20 years later or whatever next two years later because they all die in two years or whatever so I would have liked a little bit of that I think for me because the ending was really confusing they're like she's lady like okay bye done now see you later super dot 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 forever so I don't know if she'll ever do a second one of this I wonder if it's a series they just like haven't said it yet I don't think so I think I don't think I think this is a standalone um but I would love there's not like there's yeah more. there's not really much that you can I guess go off of after this but like I also found it interesting the timeline how she's like yeah it was like 10 years down the road we were older but it was like we were maybe like 10 15 years down the road oh no now it's only like five years down the road oh this is next year and it was like yeah the choices that they made sped up 
right the, like, everything betrayal and I was like oh my gosh like it was so crazy and it's just like yeah it was intense I I enjoyed it I really did um what was your star rating I would have given this I think I gave us a four four out of five it was really good I think the pacing like I said was really great I loved the characters I loved the idea of kind of a twist on a classic telling of these I love the addition of new characters like um Morgana's sister and things like that and the change in Guinevere being a werewolf and all that and and the fae on Avalon instead of being like the druids and stuff I liked the idea of like fairies and fae as part of it and I think that added really good elements I was a bit confused towards the end at the ending essentially um I didn't really enjoy Merlin's character I wanted him to either be a bigger part or a smaller part or just a different person in general but I thought it was a very good I don't know collaboration of this Arthur retelling if that makes sense what about you yeah I would say I gave it a four um I I I loved Morgana's character I loved how all these characters played so well and this just like dynamic and how they all just kind of fed off each other and it was that found family kind of trope and um you know it was from her perspective this perspective that you don't really get I guess and this like kind of retelling and everything like that and um, you understand more of, you know, this, I think, gives more of an understanding of why, you know, Guinevere and Lancelot betrayed Arthur and, you know, how it came to be. And, you know, that, it, I don't know, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I really did. I didn't like Gwen's character. I thought she annoyed me through the entirety of the book. Um, Merlin was a little weird to me. Um, and the ending was just not, it just wasn't, I don't, it just wasn't what I, it was a little lacking. It just wasn't what I wanted, I guess. Um, but I mean, all in all, it was really good. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, we did talk about this. If you guys do book of the month, these are, this was a book of the month book. So, um, but these books are very large and there's a lot of writing on every page. So this is a 430 page book, which you're like, okay, I can get through this in like a couple of days. It's fine. But I was just like, I be reading I'd be like okay I've been reading for two hours I should have gotten through like 100 pages and or like 150 pages or like 120 or whatever and I'm on page 70 like <laughs> just like I you know so it was uh it was that was I think that's one thing that I need to remember about like book of the month books and just like their format is like larger and there's just like it takes a little bit longer to get through these books um but all in all I really really enjoyed it I I I love retelling so I just I had so much fun reading it and um I'm excited for to continue on with this series of retellings and um things to come so yeah it was a good one I I recommend it it's it's a good one yeah I really liked it I agree I think the book feels long it's like 450 pages I think in real life the book of the month one is like 430 so these are big pages and it felt like it took me a, a while to get through it like I said the pacing was pretty consistent throughout, but it wasn't one of those ones where I felt like I couldn't put it down, if that makes sense. I thought it was really good, but it, it, there was, like I said, the ending, I agree with you. Like the ending was a bit weird for me. It was a really good read. I, I liked it. It was, there's very little romance in it. There's zero smut. Um, it was a nice fantasy book with just fantasy in it. Just, just like a concept of a story. And I loved that. I love these retellings because it's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. You know what's going to happen. You have an idea, but you, you want to see what they're going to do with it. And I felt the same way about Ariadne. You know, things are so different in that, but we kind of have an idea of 
what the concept of it was. So yeah, I'm excited to keep doing this. It's, it's really fun and it's trendy. It's something that a lot of people are in. So there's tons of recommendations, which I love. Like there's lots of options and this doesn't feel stagnant. And, um, you know, there's just like a lot of different books that we can read. So I'm excited that we're doing something that the possibilities are endless for real. Yeah. (laughs) And if you guys have any retellings that you know of that are like, aside from like the big popular ones, um, please let us know like any, any retellings. Um, I'm having a hard time finding any Norse retellings. There's like a few out there, but if they have some, send them our way or any retellings, honestly, of any kind of um, lore or fantasy, mythological, anything. So um, send them our way. We're, we're enjoying this, uh, this ride of mythological retellings. Yeah, it's been super fun. I'm, I'm yeah. loving it also. Let's next see what week. else is going on. Ooh. Yeah, what do we have going on next week? I'm What's so excited. Our- Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Same. I'm so excited to talk about this book. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yep. I need to read more of her books, but mm-hmm. I am very excited to go over this one. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. You have started it, but I haven't started it yet. I literally finished Half Six Shadows like an hour before recording this episode. So um, Seven Husbands is next and I'm really excited to read it. It's been on my shelf for a while, but everyone I've talked to says it's just so good. So good. So, yeah. so good. It's really good. I like it yeah. a lot. So I'm excited to talk about it and mm-hmm. deep dive into that. I actually finished it. <laughs> oh, look at you. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I got to catch up. Um, but yeah, so very excited about that. Um, yeah, that's all we have this week. I hope everyone has a wonderful, had a wonderful August since it's yeah. the 1st of September and has a wonderful September. It is spooky season. You guys, I don't care what anyone says. September 1st is the start of spooky season. That's so get, I, I'll probably, I, I am probably going to have my like Halloween decorations up already. Halloween it up. I'm going to just like try to will cool fall weather into existence by decorating my house. That's the way to do it. Things. So by the release of this episode, my house is is probably going to be absolutely decorated. So, but yeah, so I hope you guys all have a wonderful spooky season. Be safe. Um, and yeah, thank you all for joining us this week. I think that's it for announcements. Anything yeah, else? Ta- nope. Follow, yeah, like, subscribe, yeah. leave a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Bookish Banter Podcast. Um, say hello. Um, and if you have any recommendations, send them all away. Yeah, that's it. Good stuff. All right. Well, have a great week. Okay. Stay bye. safe out there. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.